to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa. Slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Hello, good evening. Welcome to our live video. I'm good evening, all. I, I'm privy <laughs> to the production side um, for the first time ever because of the way we're facing each other. We have Adam's computer here, and he, he pressed the wrong button for the intro, so his 30-second intro became <laughs> three seconds when he realised what for, happened. For anyone watching it live, they just saw me just like... They just well, saw they like, a, a really gentle timer followed <laughs> by an explosion. Uh, <laughs> so that was a great introduction. Welcome. Um, I hope everybody out there is well and you're uh, having a good time uh, doing whatever it is you're doing. Tonight, we're going to talk about... Adam, what are we talking about? What is your proudest moment as a drummer? Cool. So... Um, we will have a discussion about what our proudest moments are, but yeah. we would love it if you could tell us your proudest moments as well uh, down below in any kind of commentary. Yes, let us know, and I will uh, do my best to read them out. Either myself or Chris will read them out. Mm -hmm. um, if you're listening back to this on the podcast, mm -hmm. very sorry, but you've missed out. But still yeah. let us know anyway. Absolutely. Drop us an email, drop us pigeon mail, you know, yeah, we accept it all. Do you want to start? No, you can, you, okay. you can start, man. We'll, 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 we'll do like bits about. Maybe because I think I've got a couple of moments that I'm particularly uh, proud of. So, so we're kind of cheating here by saying, "What's your proudest moment?" But I mean, I'm, I'm I know I'm cheating because I have a couple. Right. But well, I'll let, I'll let you start. There are a few that sort of set on a par with each other for me. Um, okay. When I was at university in my fourth year, we had to write a lot of music, and right. I took right. Indeed, See what I did, there? did. Um, I took all the music that I had written um, and I managed to make a record out of it. I collated enough music to make a kind of album from it. And I took it from nothing to fully finished product inside a year. Oh, wow. So, like, okay. I wrote all the music, I, I assembled the Avengers to play it. Um, nice. Like, I, I picked the what band. What instrument was Hawkeye playing? Uh, Hawkeye was playing the. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Hulk's obviously on drums. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's look obvious. at me. Look at the size <laughs> oh, of it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it was my proudest moment because I was on the drums. Okay, right. Tony Stark's on synth. Yeah, absolutely. Tony Stark is synth. I thought I was Jarvis. Anyway, diversion. Yeah, yeah. So I took it from um, nothing to fully fledged CD release in, inside a year, having rehearsed it, written it, rehearsed it, performed it live a couple of times. Uh, and then for my final recital, the same band played that music for my final recital. Was it jazz music? It was kind of jazz rock. Okay. So it was like electric guitar, electric bass, saxophone and drums. You, <laughs> why are you going to laugh at that? I knew you were going to laugh at that. So that's why I'm laughing. And it was the only recital throughout my entire four years at college that I got an A for. Okay. And then I managed to actually take that music and make a fully fledged product. So I was really proud of that, having literally written all of it like i wrote bass lines and guitar lines and and all the chord changes and all the saxophone stuff all of that and had to direct the band on what to play and how to play it and, and all that stuff and they managed to take sort of my crazy brain 
musics and make it into music that on. sounded like actual music, you okay. know. Um, and that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to say that was pretty cool. Would you do you reckon that was just unique to that experience, or do you reckon that's a moment that you could recreate, or you know? Um, my thoughts are that it, it it was unique in that we were forced to write music every week. Right. I had to come in with a new tune every week. Okay. Um, right. Because it was in a composition class. So I had an assignment each week. So I would need to force that upon myself in order for me to do it, I think. You know, because it takes a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I wouldn't want to recreate the actual recording process. Why? Because we did it in eight hours. Eight hours. We recorded the whole album in eight hours. Why would you do that to yourself? Because that was Why? all the money I had. I had enough money to pay the musicians and this the space that we were using, and that was all I had the budget for. Because I paid for I, I paid for it myself. So I I, I paid all the players. Out. <laughs> no 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 smallest violence. That was all I had. So you make the most of what you have, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So You're right. that's why we had recorded, uh, rehearsed it, and, and performed it live. I think we performed all but two tunes that we recorded live. So at least the band knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. That eight hours also included a lunch break. Man's got to eat. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would never repeat that process again because that was difficult. Yeah, stressful. I, I, and that difficult. that just sounds like a car crash waiting to happen. There were some car crashy moments, but you know the the the, the trickery with modern recording is that you get away with those car. Oh, here, crash we go, moments. here we go. Here we go. Mr. Abbey Road here. Well, no, I'm selling on me. No, no, it was uh, the guy Gus did it. Was the guy who did it all. Oh, he, cool. Right, okay. Gus was a student at the time, and he recorded it all as part of a project, and then we mixed it at his house. Um, so he did all of it. So I certainly couldn't do anywhere near what he did, you know. That so, level of wizardry. Oh, mate, Hogwarts level of wizardry. Just like <laughs> uh, he expelled <laughs> a bunch of the mistakes, you know. Um, so yeah, um, that was that was really proud. Like to actually go and pick up the CDs. Yeah. And like people bought them and things. That was mm-hmm. cool, man. Yeah. You know that was cool. To actually do you think anyone still listens to it? No. I don't, I, don't, I don't even think it was given a coaster status, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think people probably listened to it once and, like, you know, ejected it from the car and threw it out of a moving open window. Yeah. You know, Into someone else's uh, car. Yeah. It just kept going. Yeah. That whole process. It it's landed. still going, actually. It it's actually now travelling through time. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I don't think anybody listens to it ever again. And I think I've still got about... Do you listen to it? No, of course I don't. <laughs> Do you listen to yourself? I think I've still got about Sometimes. 485 of the 500 CDs that I pressed. Wow. You know, like CD companies, that, that, that when they press them, they make you press them or they make you buy them in batches, yeah, in bulk, you yeah. know, so Can I have one? Absolutely, aye. Yeah, aye and you can, I'm uh, moving into a new house, so I need coasters. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll give you four. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> See, what happens is that doubles up because you can use the actual CD as a coaster and the sleeve. So you get so two coasters. Two for one. Two nice. for what an offer. Yeah. yeah. So Play the music sounds great. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm going to interrupt you here because Nathan Christie has said that his proudest moment. <laughs> Amy's just messaged to say we need <laughs> six. Thanks, my, Amy. My fiance uh, has messaged that we need six coasters. Okay, yeah. so we'll take. Well, that means twelve. Okay. Doesn't it? Yeah, 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 doubles down. Right? Nathan Christie has said uh, the day that my kit collection reached five. I mean, so. I would like to know what those kits are. Yeah, go on, mate. Tell us, tell us what your kits tell are. Tell us in the comments what your kits are. And if anyone else has uh, a proud moment of being a drummer. I mean, 
for some people, it could be literally the very first gig you played, and that's a total legitimate proud moment, you know, because I think that anybody that gets themselves off the couch and goes and does something should be proud of it. Oh, for sure, man, yeah. You know? I think as well, like, the first time you sit in a studio, mm-hmm. you know, it could be anything. Yeah. It could be absolutely anything. So that was my first one. What okay. was your first one? I will tell you. So I have two... Um, I'm cheating, obviously, and obviously are you. Obviously are you. My first one is not necessarily, like, a big deal, like that going out to play a big gig or, you know, whatever, but... Mm-hmm. My first one, certainly, is when I played a function gig, like, maybe about a year or so, maybe two years ago. Well, I've not done it for 18 months, so it's like two and a, two and a bit years ago. Yeah. Probably. Thanks. Thanks. It's okay. Just, Thanks. The know, talking clock here. Keeping it real. Reminding us all that we had. Anyway, so, um, and played the gig. I can't remember where it was, but it was someone's wedding. And for whatever reason, that week prior to it, I just kind of... I don't. I practice, but I don't practice very often. Right. And for that week leading up to it, I've practiced like every day. Not practicing what we were going to play, but mm-hmm. just like just sat in a room and actually played drums and practiced drums for for a while. Anyway, so fast forward to the end of that gig, and the bass player, uh, a gentleman called Fraser Snedden. So if he's watching, hi Fraser. He said to me, he's like, "Do you know, man? That's that's probably the best I've ever heard you play." Mm-hmm. And it really kind of struck me. Now, that could be taken as every other time I hear you, you're <laughs> absolutely rotten. But, you know, um, I just, I, I was like, oh, like, that's that's the first time I've ever consciously thought, well, you know, practice kind of obviously does help, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, that was, quite, I, I drove away from the gig feeling great. I was like, mm. oh, this is amazing. Like, bro, that's just, it's a really nice feeling. And it was like, it's not, it, it wasn't saying it to like, you know, inflate my ego or anything. It was just, you know, it was a genuine comment of just, hmm. you know, you actually sounded like really tight tonight. Yeah, I think you know a- what I mean? anytime anybody who's not a drummer tells you you did, you did something well is validation. It's great. For know. sure, for um, sure. I just felt like validated a little, not validated, but it just, it meant like, oh, well, there actually is purpose to practicing for those yeah. like five or so days before the gig. And it's also nice that someone listened to you. Yeah, like, I mean, he's a bass player, right? So he, he yeah, came but like, how many gigs have we played and we've tuned out of what people are doing? Yeah, like especially if it's a function gig and you played it, the music five million times, you know, and you're like not even listening to what people are doing. Yeah, I've seen fun- I've seen guys play function gigs and watch the game. Oh, like football? Ah, yeah, oh, okay. like iPad set up and just watching the football. So, you know, it, it can be a thing where people check out because they've done it so much. So yeah, it's nice to know that on a gig like that, someone's actually listening to you and you're making a difference. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. I never thought about it like that, but that was for me. That was that was quite a proud moment. I thought, great. I thought, what's your second one? The second one is that I got to play Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall, and um, Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall is a bucket list venue. Yeah. Um, for like, those who don't know, for those who don't either live in Glasgow or for those who have never are not familiar with the the glorious venue that is the Royal Concert Hall, it's enormous. I think it's. Is it a 3,000 seater or something? I don't know, maybe. It's really, it's big. Yeah, it's big and the the stage is huge and it's a proper sort of auditorium. Um, You know, it's not quite as big as others that are around, you know. Yeah. Um, It's not the Albert Hall, but it's it's big, man. And it was a a real legitimate gig. It wasn't like, you know, the council put something on. It was was for, I can't even remember what the event was, was. It was like, an equivalent like for there's COP26 coming up and it was something like mm-hmm. that there was some sort of event happening in the town and I got called to play 
that room and it was amazing. It was yeah. like getting to walk out onto that stage when there's actual paying public there and yeah. hearing them clap. For sure. It's uh, pretty bonkers. I've I've also played that room, but right. it, it was more of a comical affair. Um, <laughs> I ended up, but it's, it's, you're right, when you walk out on that stage, it's it's fantastic. You just look out and all of a sudden you you look out and you're like, see all these eyes just staring at you like, okay. Uh, yeah, I, well, I mean, it's it's it's... A venue, venue, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's not playing down the pub. It's like, oh, we've got to yeah. actually be quite. Um, got to be professional tonight. Yeah, you know, doing my, doing my top button up. Yeah, um, you know, um, and the, if you, if anyone has ever been to the venue, when you book a ticket or when you go to the box office behind the cash desk, there's a picture of the venue from the stage. Mm-hmm. It's that someone has taken a picture, landscape picture of the venue, and it's. It's kind of like that when you walk out. It's enormous. Yeah, you know, it's it's a really big room because it's a very different perspective when you go and see a show. I think when yes. you sit in the crowd of that venue, because I suppose it's like that in a lot of places. But you know, everything doesn't seem as grand as what it is when you're on the stage. Uh, agreed, and um, it's even weirder. It was a jazz trio gig, which was even weirder, and I had fold back monitors for an eighteen inch bass drum. So I was like, because it was mic'd, everything what? was everything was mic'd up, and I needed to be able to hear the piano, and like the piano player was miles away, mm-hmm. um, and the bass player was far away, and he was playing acoustic bass, so everything had to be sort of fed through a monitor. So I was playing like um, a jazz trio gig on this massive stage with proper mm. production. It was it was amazing. It was great fun, and I, it was I don't think it'll be one that I sort of ever really forget. You know. No, I, th- I think like any amazing gig like that, you would never really forget. That that would have tied into the last episode we did as well. Yeah, gigs you'll never may, forget. But that you know, gigs you'll never forget for me means gigs you've been to. Oh, okay, okay. That's the way I looked at that. Yeah, like gigs, gigs you've seen. You know, rather. But it than, made you a proud. It made you feel very proud. Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of the few where I'm like, oh cool, I quite like this. You yeah. know, like like this, this is fun. Yeah, this is a bit more like this is a bit more what it's about i think you know and it was it was kind of more creative and it was a real gig yeah you know i know they're not i know they're they're all real gigs but for sure it's quite hard to sort of put it into words but yeah to walk out and onto that stage was was amazing Mm. you know it was funny as well because it was um because it was an event there was a a school band had been brought over from america and they were playing before we were Mm -hmm. so there was this young guy and it was a kit share so it was just like beating the absolute hell out of the drums and everything had moved round about. So I had to like go onto the stage and discreetly like move the drums back into a sort of playable state. Yeah. And then count the band in, you know. So it's like you kind of have to draw on a lot of experience of, of playing in places where you've had bad kits or Yeah. You know, I mean like oh it's kind of like all your experience up to that point leads you to be able to play the gig you mm-hmm. know because yeah, it's not sure. just about playing the tunes and the band had rehearsed and all that stuff yada 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 it was all good it was all rehearsed and stuff. Mm-hmm. but then there's things that you can't really account for like you can't I, I didn't know until i got there that there was going to be a kit share and it was going to be another a young 14 year old boy mm-hmm. leathering the shit out of a drum kit you know um sorry for the language but you know that's that was kind of what it was that yeah. that was how it happened you know so like the hi-hat stand ended up way over there yeah and i'm like having to get on the stage and look like i know what i'm doing and 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 move drums to like okay so that you know the he's seating 
his, his throne was like ten feet high, and yeah, I've got just a, like the unfavorable yeah, scenario. Yeah. yeah, just like, and it's not in King Tut's, and there's but there's also not a crew. Yeah, to do it for me, mm-hmm. you know. So it was, it, but it still had everything that those gigs should have. You know, yeah. it's amazing. You know? For sure, I'm gonna jump in here mm-hmm. because. Nathan, our Nathan, has said his proudest moment as a drummer is the day I came close to mastering the Rosanna Shuffle. Wasn't bang on, but closely resembled it. I mean, as Nathan's a cracking player. Have you ever heard that? Nathan plays great. And that's the groove to end all the grooves, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Nathan Christie's got back to us for anyone interested of all his drums that he um, he owns. So there it is. It's on the screen now. But for those listening. Uh, if you want to know them all, all right, here we go. Uh, Premier APK, Gretsch Catalina Club and Black Widow, um, Pearl Export. He's got two. Two and two. two oh, okay, three and four Pearl Export. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my own custom creation kit. I'm really proud of it because I basically brought them all back from the dead. Uh, the only one I brought bought new was one of the Perils. The rest I've put hours upon hours of work into and I'm very proud of how they came out. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Have you ever thought of? Oh, well, you are thinking about owning a custom kit, maybe one day. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I think by the sounds of it, he means that he's actually made it himself. Oh, okay. My own custom creation kit. That's pretty cool. So, are, are creation, is creation the brand? I'm not sure. Mark Gibson says the proudest moment for him was the day's drum room was finished. Uh, I, I I've seen that drum room. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Um, that is something to be proud of, Mark. It's fantastic. And Kenny Irwin says, uh, Many years ago, I was lucky enough to get on the short list to audition for Simple Minds. Shameless wow. name drop. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Uh, their sync for the clip track wasn't working. I had to play along with the sequencers only. I had, uh, I, in one song, the sequencer dropped out for 16 bars. I was mega nervous as The Minds. Uh, we were, were uh. slash are one of my favourite bands. Anyway, I told... I totally held the tempo for the 16 bars and when the sequencer kicked back in, the rest of the guys all nodded and looked around at me and smiled. Tried not to grin. I would have grinned, Kenny. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you nailed um, that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. really cool. Um, have you got another one? I do, and I actually forgot that I had another one, so I'll tell it very quickly. So uh, I've told this story in the podcast very briefly before, and okay. I'll tell it very briefly again. But basically, the originals band that I played in um, about eight or nine years ago, somehow by sheer will or whether we won the lottery or signed the contract with the devil or signed up for Squid Game, I don't know. But uh, we ended up playing in the O2 Arena in London. Oh, wow, okay. Cool, yeah. Like, that's pretty rad. It was pretty cool. And, like, sorry to, like, see your concert hall and raise you, but that's a big room. That's yeah, a yeah. really big room. Were, were there people in it? Not many, I'll be honest. Not many people, but there were people. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was that was pretty rad. That was pretty cool, just being on that stage and knowing who's played on that stage and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And at the time I was still quite a young, you know, like still pretty young in the whole drumming industry, I suppose, pretty young to the, all of it. Mm-hmm. So to be on that stage, like at that age, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like the first time you play King Tut's. When you walk up the stairs now and King Tut's, they've listed on the stairs all the all the bands that have played per year. Yeah. So like some of the names you see on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have played on that stage. Do you think there's do you think there's any names on that stage that they've just put for the sake of it and not they've not actually played there? Um, I often wonder this. No, I don't think so, man. No, no, I don't think so. I think, I think it's all pretty legitimate. You think so? Yeah, yeah. especially after Oasis got discovered there. I think a lot of people clambered to play there. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is like a, an initiation, like a little bit. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. If you play Glasgow, I think so. For sure. Yeah, especially if, if if you're Scottish. 
Yeah, um, for sure. I think it's very different if you're a touring band coming up from down south and stuff. But if you're Scottish and you play in Glasgow a lot, kind of King Tut's is one that you have to kind of tick off. Yeah, um, I, I remember playing it as a as a younger man. You <laughs> Back know, in your youth, <laughs> absolutely. It's like twenty years ago now, um, and we would do things like we would run a bus up for people. We would put. Mm. like you know you've got to sell your own tickets so we would put the cost of the bus would be in the price of the ticket so say that they wanted a fiver a ticket king touch wanted a fiver a ticket and you got 250 of that and mm -hmm. they got 250 we would charge people like seven quid and that would get them their bus there and back right that's 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 pretty reasonable yeah yeah, yeah. That's and then we get a night thing. of music Net yeah. music and a lift home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What more sure. do you want? That means all your pals can drink and don't have to worry about who's going to drive and all that stuff, which was the secret weapon. Get them drunk enough that they can't remember how bad you are. That's it. Um, that's, that's well, going to bring it full circle, that's exactly our mentality when we played at the, <laughs> the um, O2 Arena. It go. was a multi-band bill, so right. it was like a competition-type vibe. Right. It wasn't just our gig, and it was really embarrassing because we booked out the O2 Arena and no one turned up. Amazing. Um, but it was a multi-band thing. And there was just like, it was one of those, like, there's like 20 bands on the bill. Yeah. And you're playing at half two in the afternoon. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, yeah. What an uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, there's also, there's been loads of cool things over the years. Like, yeah. you know, successfully putting on clinics here is always something to be proud of. You yeah, know, that's for very sure, different yeah. for us because it's not necessarily a, a, a moment as a drummer, but. It, for the community and all that, getting getting great artists over and people telling you they had a great night is mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, man, for sure. And who knows, before the year's out, maybe mm, we'll, we'll, we'll get another one yeah, in. Yeah, we'll try our best. Or, or the first one in a couple of years. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was one year we did something like seven or eight in the whole year. Mm -hmm. um, and that was pretty rad, you know. That's a lot of people, a lot of great artists to bring over and, and, and sort of shout about and stuff, you know. And, Indeed. Um, yeah, so... There you Indeed. Go. Any more for any more, any more takers on what is your uh, your proudest drumming moment, moment as a drummer? As a drummer, yeah. what's your least proud moment as a drummer? Um, I mean, mine I get, would be that I fell off stage, right, at a festival. Wow! And it was a covers gig, and we were playing Proud Mary at the end, and when would there was drums there, and then all of a sudden there wasn't drums there, right? Because drummer me fell off the stage. Wow. Like, the back leg of my drum throne collapsed because I was getting too into it. And uh, <laughs> I was loving life, like, swinging. I had, wow. I had long hair at that point as well, so I was swinging about. It was like, yeah, do, do, yeah, How big yeah, was the drop? Yeah. Like, fairly sizable. Man. I mean, I, I, well, actually, it wasn't that far. I'm making the outside right. a lot bigger. It was, like, from, like, 10 stories. It was basically, like, if you've been in the Glasgow shop, see you, like, falling from the top of our stairwell Amazing. to the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know the bit in the Matrix when he jumps and he falls all the way down, hits the floor and bounces back up? Yeah. That. Um, I wasn't as graceful no. as that. No. Um, I was in, oh, I should also mention, I was in a kilt as well. Oh, so that really didn't help. Legs akimbo. Yeah. Thankfully, I was wearing underwear. Briefs. Um, I have turned up without my snare drum. I wasn't very proud of that. I came across that photo recently, actually. Weirdly, I was looking back on our page because was it not a gig in air that you did? And someone uh, bailed you out. So I've turned up without my snare drum twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, neither, neither of, uh, neither time I'm, I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've turned up without my snare drum twice. Um, the first one happened to be in my hometown of Irvine. So thankfully there was a snare drum available to me. Mm -hmm. It happened to be at my sister's house. So... Um, Do you just keep drums at all your family members' house? Because um, so that's a great idea. I might start doing that. 
I do now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do now. <laughs> um, and then the second one, thankfully, was in Ayrshire again. Um, but this time, I couldn't get a hold of the drum the first that I used the first time. So it was actually Gail, whose pal bailed me out. A customer of called Sean Kelly happened to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he bailed me out and gave me a Gretsch full range 14 by f- six and a half maple shell drum, mm. which sounded amazing as well. Yeah. Um, so that dug me out a major hole because that would have been a long night. What a legend. An absolute legend. Yeah. Um, so I bought him beer and reheaded his drum top and bought him, put new wires on yep. it for him. Because, um, uh, yeah. He, yeah. he deserved it. Um, so, yeah, th- those I've not been particularly proud of. Um, I don't think there's been anything else disastrous. Nah. I did have a pedal snap one night. I did have a pedal. <laughs> the, a pedal the Chris Whitehouse Chronicles here again. Um, and uh, the keyboard player was trying to weld it. Well, not weld it. He was trying to solder it. He had a solder iron out and he was trying to sort of solder the two bits of metal back together and it just kept melting all the metal and it was, it was wow. pretty awful. And I didn't have a spare... Um, so, but luckily, we I were, bet you do now. Uh, of course, it's spare yeah. spring. Um, we were in Edinburgh at the time, so somebody nicked to the jazz bar and got me a pedal because we kind of know the guys in there and stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, I wasn't homeboy proud. got connections. Yeah, I wasn't proud of that though. No, nah. I had to, I had to try and play, try to play Love Machine using the floor tom. Oh, and it sounded awful, and I couldn't do it, and uh, it was bad. So then, like, let's put, let's put some DJ music on. Um, yeah. So yeah. Has Paul commented? Paul's did... commented, but for some reason the comment has come up blank, as I will show you now. Oh, well, maybe that's Paul's. Uh, that's just his presence of saying wrap it up. Paul's least fa- favourite moment is he doesn't have one. Yeah. Or his proudest moment. Perhaps. He's got some good ones to shout about. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's got some good ones. Maybe to we'll shout. get Paul on and we'll redo this. Yeah. And he'll get tell us all his. His legendary rock and roll stories. Indeed. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thanks mm-hmm. for tuning in. Thanks for submitting a story if you have done. If you want to find us on the phone, 01414293794, Glasgow, 011324284 for leads. If you want to email us, you can email us at info at drummersonly.co.uk or if you need our lead store, leads at drummersonly.co.uk. Uh, at drummersonly.uk rather for all the socials, whether that be Fail. Facebook, yep, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, yeah, at Drummers Only UK. As I mentioned earlier on in this brief little podcast, we do have a podcast, uh, Drummers Only Radio. Uh, we have recently just interviewed Matt Hector, or you just recently interviewed Matt Hector. Yep. Um, who is a drummer for Iggy Pop. So he's got a bunch of stuff going on. He's got, you know, he's, he's just recorded a new sample library with Toontrack mm-hmm. um, and he has plenty of good stories. So make sure you check it out. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Or if you would rather watch it and watch him and Chris have a blether, it is on YouTube as well. Yeah, so great stuff, guys. We are here all weekend in both branches. Uh, if you would like us, you've just found out where you can find us and have yourself uh, oh, Proudest Podcast. Oh, oh, very quickly before Paul goes, Proudest Podcast. Uh, uh, Todd's oh, Zuckerman, yeah, Todd, hands down. I mean, yeah, Todd's up there. Ash Sohn's up there as well. Ash Sohn's up for there. For sure. Um, oh, no, Paul. I feel like if this was a working thing, we'd, I mean, obviously, Paul's trumps them all. We yeah. remember when we did the podcast with Paul. That was that was legendary. <laughs> yeah, there's some. there's been some good ones, man. There's yeah. been some really good ones. I really enjoyed John Tempesta. I oh, thought, what yeah, a legend. Yeah. John Tempesta is um, what I, a legend. I, talking to John, it was like talking to a, 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 an awesome puppy. An old friend. Yeah, just yeah. brilliant, you know. So there's been, been a few. Yeah. So. Gordon Ferguson was up there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's got some stories to tell. He does. Obviously, so. does. Mm hmm. 
Cool. So yeah, there you go. Thank you for watching, all, and we will see you. We'll see you soon. You take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drummers Only Radio. You can find us online at www.drummersonly.co.uk. Drop us a line. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Drummers Only UK. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Any questions, info at drummersonly.co.uk is the email, or if you need leads, it's leads at drummersonly.co.uk. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Drummers Only.